0: We'll make sure that we post them all on
1: the Facebook. <laughs> so that I you knew can, you were going to say that. <laughs> so I make one slip, <laughs> one slip while I'm preaching, and then I correct it. I say Facebook, trying to refer to Facebook. And I don't, it was such a stereotypical old man mistake.
0: Thank you. Know, you. It, I mean, it just—I mean, I don't consider you an old man, but you, you have a little
1: little glitters every once in a while. <laughs> Then you go, oh, okay. He is older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now when I get a good summer tan going and uh, dress in some hipster clothes, and I was asking about my shoes today.
0: So yeah, oh yeah. I am stylish. You are a fashion forward AARP member. <laughs> 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 yeah. A picture yeah, of your yeah. shoes on the face box. Yes. No, that was good. It was very good. Very good <laughs> discussion that you had earlier today. Very good talk. And it was. great. (laughs) Except for the face box. Except for the face box. But it it also brought joy to my heart that you said face box. Yeah. it just made me chuckle.
1: Now, I'm going to be watching with close eye and ear for any gaffe that you make. Okay. So that I can bring that up. Come on. On the podcast. Challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it was good to be with James and all the South Carolina guys. And we had to see... Craig Tuck and Johnny Rombo yeah and uh, Paul McKee and uh, Tom caps and um, Scott Cateau yeah a bunch of those guys you know that are just uh, solid South Carolinians yeah and, uh, and now here I was a little confused okay we were watching a video today yes and one guy was saying a word that I, <laughs> in context I was like what is he saying and he was he was saying mill M-I-L-L. Like a paper mill, a wood mill, something like that. But what it sounded like to me, Jimbo, was that he was saying meal. With a good South Carolina accent. Meal. Yeah. Meal. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he was talking about his town, a small town that was, you know, known for its meal. Meal. Yeah. I can't even say it right, like he says it. He said, when the meal closed. Yeah, when the meal closed. And I was like, so what, what, what did they have, like, a giant table they set, like, downtown? <laughs> and they have like, you know, collard greens and fried and fried okra and all that stuff. But anyway, it's been good to be here in South Carolina.
0: Yeah, man, it's been great. You got to meet my longtime friend, Casey Williams. What a guy. Just a great, great guy. No, I love Casey. and He, he also equally appreciated your face box. Yes, he did. Comment. Um, no. Well... Casey, we'll bring you on here at some point, I promise.
1: (laughs) it will be an episode and a half
0: right there. Look, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Casey and I uh, go back a long, long way prior to Audrea and I, and he's one of the few people that's known me that long that I have kept in touch with. There's there's a couple of people. The list isn't very long, but he's on it, and uh, we've got a lot of good stories on each other that could not make it on a podcast.
1: Yeah, well we don't want to have we don't be booted off iTunes and fired from NAMS, so yeah. we need to really watch our
0: it would have to be stories. a separate podcast, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. We'll what are we talking about today? <laughs> well
0: speak here's the thing, it does tie in because when when you get to meet guys like James Nugent and Craig Tuck and all these great guys that we just got to spend some time with, you always learn something when you're with the when guys like with guys like that. And one of the, I think the most important principles for any leader of anything is to be a lifelong learner yeah and you can be a lifelong learner through reading books and blogs and listening to amazingly illustrative podcasts like the Replant boot camp absolutely but a really great way to be a lifelong learner is mentors and in finding mentors that can be local important to your life directly formally but then also informal mentors that you just choose hey, I'm gonna watch that guy and I'm gonna learn from him. I don't know about you, Bob, but I can 100% say I would not be where I am at in ministry or in my marriage without a long list of really great mentors that have, some have directly poured into my life and some I have learned from indirectly from watching them.
1: Absolutely, and I think one of the keys you point out is it's not mentor, it's mentors, mm-hmm. right? And, and the idea of having a mentor is, I've gotta have one person who can school me, or equip me, or encourage me, or coach me in everything, and that just, that person does not exist. Right? Yeah. And I think you look at throughout history, we have some really great leaders throughout time who were fantastic in a couple areas of life but not in others. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us to, to understand we need a collection of mentors, not one mentor. And then I think also, you know, there's there's the the reality that Christ is Uh, perfect that he is the ultimate all of our admiration and all of our longings are fulfilled in Christ and so Christ is the ultimate mentor right he's Mm -hmm. the perfect man he's fully divine and so I think Christ sets for us the example in all things but we've got to have people around us with flesh on the skin on who walk along with us in this season of life and there are very seasons of life that help us figure things
0: out. So I would say early on for me, my dad was a mentor to me in a lot of ways. I learned a lot about uh, work ethic and integrity and honor from my dad. Vocationally, I, one of the first guys to really pour into me at a job was a guy named Dino at an Outback Steakhouse where I was a busboy, and a dishwasher, and a host, and all those things. And I learned a lot about leadership from him, watching him lead the staff. There's a chef I got to train under named Robbie Ballou. And man, I, I learned an immense amount under Robbie Ballou. And so here's the thing is mentors, only Christ is the perfect mentor. And I think of an important principle in choosing who you learn from is choose people who are better at you, more knowledgeable than you at something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? It doesn't have to mean they're better than you or knowledgeable at you than everything. And don't discount someone as a mentor. And Some people may disagree with me on this, but I, I feel pretty firmly about this. Don't discount someone as a potential mentor for your life just because you don't align with them theologically. I believe you can learn from just about anybody. I mean, really, I, just about anybody in your life. you <laughs> You can learn from anybody. Sometimes you can learn what not to do. Yeah, there you go. I wouldn't call them a mentor, but I do believe that in your interactions with people, as you watch people, you can learn from everyone. Even vocationally, you can learn life lessons from people that may not be in your career field, quote unquote, or may not even believe a lot of the same things you believe, but you can still learn things from them. Obviously, we want to learn theological things from people that are theologically astute. But there's a lot of areas of life to be mentored in, in marriage and raising kids and all kinds of things. So, man, I I am always accruing mentors in my life and in all aspects of my life, whether they realize (laughs) that they're mentoring me (laughs) or not. There are some people I just tell them, hey, I'm watching you. If I I try to find ministry leaders who have raised kids that have left the house and love Jesus deeply and serve their churches, as as lay members or in ministry well and i i'll tell them hey i'm 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 watching you and i want to learn i like help me know how that happened those are things i want to see happen in my life
1: i think your the challenges that we face in terms of finding mentors is we may have approached it like this We've, we we find somebody that we want to learn from and we might go up to them and say hey would you mentor me And that's a pretty threatening question, right? Yeah. And so I remember there was a movement back in the day, you know, when I was first starting in ministry and my wife and there was another young lady in in our church, the first church I served in, and they were both trying to figure out, okay, well, what does it mean to be a Christian woman our age? And so they saw a lady who's a great lady. She served a lot in our church. She was really awesome in so many ways that we we saw. And so they both kind of said, well, why don't we just go out to spend time with her? And so they, they came with the mentor question. And it really kind of freaked the lady out, right? And she she had some areas in her life that she was aware of that they were not aware of. And she declined because she was like, yeah, I can't mentor these people. Because I think if somebody comes and says that to you, it's a pretty, man, I gotta have my, like, every area of my life's gotta be ACEs, right? <laughs> and so there's none of us that, not a single person who has a, a life that is that hits all the marks everywhere, right? We always have particular areas of our life that we're always being sanctified or trying to figure out or, you know, we're not as strong enough. So I think. Finding a group of mentors and also finding people who are good in certain things is is vital is key. And so I, I guess there's some things I would say too. Is some some of us we're not discipled or we're not mentored much and in an intentional way. Where somebody came to us that is younger person that said, "Let me pull you close. Let me let me teach you a few things." So most of my experience has been informal, right? And mm-hmm. I kind of grew up in that stage where it's like you, you got to figure it out on your own, right? And you got to do it on your own. And so part of that is I've had to collect groups of people in my life that I thought, okay, I like how they do, I like how they preach, I like how this person does like staff leadership, I like how this person does marriage, etc. And so I've kind of put together a group of mentors and glean from them. It sounds like a lot what what you have done. So what I would say is be discerning in your mentors. You don't have to agree from 100% on everything. But I wouldn't go to, to be mentored by somebody who wasn't living the way that I thought I needed, you know, in a way that that I wanted to be mentored in. Like if they were, I was looking for a marriage mentor and I picked a guy that was really bad at marriage. (laughs) Not smart, right? So, I mean, that goes without saying, but I I think you just gotta clear that.
0: Can I tell a funny marriage mentor story? Do it. That involves someone who periodically listens to our (laughs) podcast. And so I'm not gonna give him the heads up. Okay. I'm gonna wait until he listens to this episode and then I'll receive a text message from him. There's a pastor in our city that is now my pastor. Okay. At the church that I attend. Okay named Dr. Mark Siegel. I love Mark, I love his heart, I love him as a pastor, I love him as a friend. And several years ago, at a difficult point in ministry where the turmoils of replanting had started to take a toll on our marriage, we were at a JBA pastor's date night event sitting at a round table and we happened to sit with Mark Siegel and his wife and I know I knew some about Mark Siegel. I knew that he had a therapy background, a counseling, and had done marriage counseling with some people. And he was a pastor. I knew that he had done revitalization and some even some replanting and some other things like that. And so. I also watched that night how he interacted with his wife, and I looked at Audrey, and I said, hey, what if we asked them to be our marriage mentor? And she goes, yeah, we were just desperate, we needed help. And so we asked them that night, they were enthusiastic and said, absolutely, and then we never heard from them. (laughs) 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 And so then it became this running joke of how they saved our marriage and our marriage really did improve and we got into a great place.
1: (laughs) Just because you asked them to be your mentor? No, because
0: we we put in work, we went to counseling. Okay, all right. right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so when we were considering going to the church, we were like, you can finally mentor us in our marriage. And uh, I give them a hard time about that. But I do tell that story for two reasons. One, it's funny. But two, there's a lesson to be learned in that. You can't put the weight on the mentor. Yeah. And that's a mistake I made, right? If I really wanted him, so you can hear me, relieve you of all this tension and pressure, Mark, this is not (laughs) your fault, this is my fault. (laughs) If you really want somebody to mentor you, a couple of things. One, you might not, if they're not someone who is accustomed to mentoring people formally, I wouldn't recommend asking them to mentor you. I would recommend, take them to coffee, talk to them and say, Hey, I'm trying to learn how to do better at parenting or I'm trying to let her learn to be better at preaching. Would you be willing to give me some advice? Sure. I just start there and see where it goes. Because here's the other deal. You don't know. They might not be a very good mentor. And you may ask them to be your mentor and now you're stuck. And yeah. just ask them for advice. Just start the relationship. But here's the other thing that I learned with that, with Mark is if you really want somebody to be your mentor, you you put in the work. To say, hey, can I buy you lunch? Was a good day this month that I can I can buy you coffee or lunch, and, could, and during that time, if you could just pour into me for a little while, and don't put it on them to chase you down or schedule. It's not up to them. That's that's not their responsibility. If you want them to mentor you, that's your responsibility.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good approach, and I, I think this, you know, the, the question we always would ask on a podcast like this or discussing a topic like this is how formal does it need to be or how informal and I think most of what we're talking about is informal mentoring that you pursue personally and then you know with a person a real person that you can have a relationship with uh, or a connection with or a meeting with right and, and the other thing that that you've mentioned I think in, by, in the introductory part of our, our talks on this books and podcasts and Sermons and seminars and all of those sorts of things, and I would also say this: there, there even have been significant conversations that I've had with people at the end of a conference mm-hmm. or the break in a conference, where I've walked up to somebody who's been part of the program and said, "Hey, I got a quick question for you. Can you answer this?" And it's almost like it's a divine appointment, and the Lord gives them the exact word mm-hmm. that they, you know, it, it's a word maybe that I was not expecting that would come from them, but it's the word it's the wisdom that comes from a mentor hearing the question that I'm asking that needs a different answer than the one I'm expecting. Yeah. That makes sense. And so th- those times have been very valuable in shaping in my life because they've caused me to to make a turn rather than reinforce my my particular thought or paradigm or prejudice. And so I look at those kind of, by the way, incidental mentorship moments as really key. Those, were, those have been some really groundbreaking, like turn right or turn left moments in my life.
0: I, I think informal mentorships can be incredibly powerful. Picking certain people that you see humility in and other things you can learn from those people. But there's great formal mentorships. I had a guy in New Orleans named Dr. Gerald, Gerald Spicer and Gerald Spicer its not a name. Most people would know, but he's accomplished a lot in his yeah. life. And, uh, he was actually the, the number two executive pastor under Charles Stanley for a long time. Yeah. And he came and mentored our staff and coached our staff at New, this church I served at in New Orleans for a while. And here's what, here's, I mean, just here's the thing. He did some things. It radically changed my life. A few things. Certain books that he suggests I read and work through and discuss with him are books that I still reread and impact my life. I was a radical. we've talked about this before. I was a radically messed up mess organizationally. I had zero organizational skills whatsoever. And he made me start thinking, he made me move from just big picture visionary to Execution, And it was not muscles I liked to flex at that time. I love that now. I mean, I, it's, it's my bread. It's my, I love it. I love thinking through, talking through, processing, how do we take a big picture and how do we move that into concrete next steps? But that wasn't natural in me. I had to get that. And he saw it in me and he poured into me and pulled that, he pulled that out of me. Rick Wheeler. I would not be where I'm at right now if Rick Wheeler hadn't seen something in me important to me. Bob Bumgarner right now is mentoring me. Bob Bickford right now is mentoring me. Uh, A couple people mentoring me right now that don't know it is Brian Croft and Mark Halleck. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are guys who are humble and Jesus-loving and accomplish great things in their ministry for the name of Jesus, but they don't over-platform themselves. They platform others and encourage others and, and do very... Uh, gospel centered work and I'm watching those guys and I'm learning from them and I have access to learn directly from them some but they're, they're guys who I learned but they're also guys who I've never met and will never meet
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're dead guys Dietrich Bonhoeffer has mentored me through some really dark seasons and I think I think the reason I'm rambling about all of that is I my hope for you listeners you would have a really long list and I haven't listed everybody that you would have a really long list of people that have that you are intentional about letting people influence your life. You can't go about life assuming you have things figured out.
1: You don't?
0: You don't. And you've got to be a lifelong learner. And I want to tell you one of my favorite lifelong learner moments of watching a mentor of mine named Walter Bennett. Rick, Two of my mentors, Rick Wheeler and Bob Bumgarner say this. If, if there were going to be another chapter in the book of Acts about what God has done in Northeast Florida, without a doubt, Walter Bennett's name would be all over it. And he's planted tons of churches and mentored tons of people, and he's an older fellow now, but still doing ministry. Right? Is he on the Facebook He is on the Facebox, okay. not, not very well, okay. but he's but he's on the face box. But there was this moment at a church planter assessment event that I was helping run, where there's a guy in his early fifties giving a presentation, and the title of the presentation was How to Have Longevity in Ministry. Walter Bennett, in his 80s, is sitting there feverishly taking notes. And I just thought, Walter, buddy, if there were ever a seminar you could skip, I mean, this is it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you understand, like, he has grandsons that are planting multiple churches. I mean, this is, I mean, generationally, this dude has impacted, I mean, it's insane. And so I asked him. And so I asked him, and that's the key thing for you to listen to. Just ask people, hey, why do you do that? Help me understand. So I said, Walter, I just got to know, man, I'm watching. You're feverishly taking taking notes during that guy's talk. And I said, this is a talk you could so easily skip. And he said, brother, I'm not done. I'm in his 80s. I said, I'm not done. And it was an impactful moment for me to think you're never done, right? You're never done learning and you've got to always be a lifelong learner. And one of the best ways to do that is learn from people directly. And, and here's the deal, they might surprise you. I've been very surprised by sometimes I'll have, I'll read a book that impacts me and I'll have a question about how it applies to my life directly or my ministry. And I'll find a way to try to email that author. Cause why not? They might ignore it. Chances are, they're probably gonna ignore it. But they might answer. Sure. Right? And now I have a fairly friendly relationship with Les McEwen, the author of Predictable Success, mm-hmm. because I keep emailing him questions. Mm-hmm. And he responds. And we discuss. We've had Zoom calls and we discuss. And so now he's a mentor. He may not know that, but he's a mentor. Sure. And I guarantee you he listens to the podcast. <laughs> and so well,
1: He was on the podcast. He was on the podcast. He's probably our most uh, famous guest. I yeah. Say, probably. Yeah. And so here's the deal. He was super down to earth about the whole thing. Yeah.
0: Um, oh yeah, that's great. Job. And and so just ask. And I've learned that a lot of times people, when they write things, they love to discuss it with you. Yeah. And so email them. Ask them a question. Now, but don't over ask. Right? Don't be in a don't be inappropriate. And just like don't let your first be email be, Hey, can we have a two hour Zoom call once a week <laughs> where you mentor me in life? Yeah. I mean, understand that they've, they've got a life. And, and, and I think that would be an important piece for us to think about is make sure you respect the amount of time that they can give you.
1: Yeah. And I think a couple of other thoughts in that. I love that uh, suggestion. Be prepared with a couple of good questions, mm-hmm. not a notebook full of questions.
0: Well, balance in there. Here's what I say. Not a notebook yeah. full of questions and not no questions. Yeah. Don't yeah. just leave it open and go, hey, mentor me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, like give them some, here's, here's specifically what I'm wanting to learn absolutely. from you. Mm-hmm. But don't give them 17 things.
1: Yeah. And then also I would say don't debate them, right? Oh, gosh. And that's, uh, I've had a couple of conversations with some folks who called to uh, ask me a particular question. And then I listen to the question and I get a sense of it. Maybe I clarify the question, make sure I understand what they're asking. And so then I respond and then they debate me on it. Yeah, And I'm just like... Okay. Like what did you, are you, did, are you looking for me to endorse what you already believe yes. or were you asking me to give you feedback on what you just asked?
0: No, the first thing.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. Right? No, <laughs>
0: that's a very good point. Like respect that somebody is taking time, mm-hmm. right? Chances are if they're a person you're wanting to mentor you, they probably have a pretty full plate.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And so be respectful of that and don't overuse the access that you have? Yes.
1: Yeah, and I would say this too, because I had a mentoring relationship like this and it wore me out and I just was like, it was really exhausting to me. And um, it was a, a ministry, a guy in ministry, who whenever he would hit a rough patch, he just came and wanted to have a conversation about all the difficult things he was experiencing and basically just unload all this frustration on me. And I'd listen for a while and I'd say, here's here's a couple thoughts. And he didn't really want to hear my thoughts. Mm-hmm. He just wanted me to be a sounding board. Or he wanted me to be a receiving board, basically, for him just to dump all this frustration on me. And that's not mentoring.
0: No. That's 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 counseling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so here's here's the other thing is, I, I've done some training as a as coach, like a coaching, not yep. like athletic coaching, like leadership coaching. And one of the things they tell you when you learn how to do that is, in those types of relationships, it is very helpful to very clearly define the relationship. Yes. And when you coach somebody even specifically that you start out with, are you wanting me to be your mentor? Are you wanting me to be your coach? Are you wanting me to just be a friend that we listen to? Because all of those will look differently in the amount of time I can give you, in how those relationships will work, and there's it's good to clearly define those relationships. And then, here's the, with coaching, and I wouldn't. I mean, you can do this in mentoring. Like, write it out. Hey, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you one hour, yeah. a month, where we're going to meet for that one hour, and, and and it's and it's not that, oh, that I don't like talking to you, and so I wanted to end in an hour, but. That person's got a schedule. They've got a life. They've got things going on, and you can't exp- you can't drag them out to two. If they say one hour, keep it at an hour. Yeah, be yourself. Right. And if you, if they don't say, ask and say, hey, I have several questions, and I really would love to learn a lot from you today. But we can continue this discussion another time, whatever's convenient for you. How how long is an appropriate time for you today for us to discuss? And if they say twenty five minutes, then buddy, it's twenty five minutes, and wrap it up. Don't. Now, if they say, no, 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 I'm good, let's keep going, then keep going. But just be really respectful in the whole process of their time and their availability that they're offering you and giving you. Uh, and you know, you buy their coffee, you buy their lunch, and find ways to thank them for investing in you. Because it'll make a huge impact, man, in your life if you'll continually have people pour into you. And sometimes those are just one time. We have, I don't know, have some people that we watch them parent kids and we were like, Will you just sit down with us For like an hour and talk to us about parenting and they did and that was the only time we met to talk about it but it there was so much wisdom there that we kept and still use to this day And so continue to be in that posture of man, I want I want to learn from other people. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.